0: Welcome to the Stacked Podcast, where we explore the best ways of managing and growing your wealth. Well, hello and welcome back to the show. Today, we're going to be talking about building a team and staying in your lane. And as always... This constitutes a deeper dive into an article which I've recently written. And in this case, I wrote it last night. So, so this is all very fresh in my mind. And <clears throat> not only did I write this last night, but this is very much something that I'm uh, focused on, living through, journaling on, on at the moment. It's a sort of current experience in my entrepreneurial and investment life which I always like writing about these things in real time, because in a respect, I'm the most qualified I can be to be talking about these topics, because I'm not just sharing information or, uh, you know, hopefully valuable insights with you, the listener, but I'm actually also living them myself and actively engaging in these types of things. So, This concept of building a team, of not being a lone ranger, um, but in terms of staying in your lane as as an expert in a clearly defined niche, is something that at times through my career I've really got right, and at times in my career I've really got wrong. And the difference between the two, both in terms of return on energy, on effort, on results, it's profound. I mean, there's a very, very big void here that we need to be mindful of and consider. And I by no means have got this right every step of the way. I've certainly got it very wrong at times. Um, But then again, hopefully that qualifies me a little bit to talk about these things and share some valuable insights with yourself. So, So let's start with an analogy here. Um, a metaphor, if you will, to really frame this in a uh, a way that we can readily understand. And that analogy is the chopping down of a very large and imposing tree. And how are we going to go about uh, achieving this end? Now, attempting to do so with a blunt axe would not only be difficult but futile. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to tie that into this whole concept of building a business momentarily. Uh, but if, uh, effectively, we would expend infinite amounts of time and energy in return for nothing but disappointment and failure if we were to set about trying to chop down this massive uh, tree that's withheld hurricanes and storms for hundreds of years. If we were going about that task with a blunt axe, our interests would be far better served if we were come up if we were to come up with a more efficient solution. And I reference here to a previous article that I've written about getting back to first principles, which is basically saying whenever you're trying to solve any problem or make an improvement on it. Strip everything away, get back to basics before you reassemble it. And I'd encourage you to read that article. I've linked to it in the show notes and in the article here. Um, I derived that from reading Elon Musk's biography written by Walter Isaacson, and it's a core tenant of um, physics how you can solve problems by stripping everything away and starting again, and how often we are tempted to take something that we're already doing and try to just iterate and improve our way forward, and how often that can be the wrong approach, particularly if we're already going about things wrong way. So in the case here, the temptation would be to take our blunt axe and sharpen it up. And of course, that would increase our likelihood of success in chopping down the tree. It would make it easier. It would bring us better results in exchange for less time and effort. And that's very much a step in the right direction. However, a bit like, um, you know, Uh, uh, what what was the Henry Ford example you end up with a a faster horse if you want something that's going to go faster we're better actually to step back to first principles reimagine the problem and come up with an original far more innovative solution which in that case was the invention of the car because you can't just iterate on something you actually needed to come back and really reimagine the whole thing well in the case of chopping down this massive tree we've taken a blunt axe and sharpened it up but what we really need is a mechanised um, chainsaw that's going to get this job done much, 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 much faster. So what in the context of a business might we look at as being the blunt axe, the sharp axe and the mechanised chainsaw? And that chainsaw would result in at least one order of magnitude in terms of how much better and more efficiently we were able to tackle this problem. Now, I want to refer us back to an amazing book called The Personal MBA, which was written by Josh Kaufman. And I've pulled out one excerpt from this book because it really frames our problem and speaks to the importance and the necessity of having a team uh, rather than trying to do absolutely everything ourselves. So I'm just going to quote here from the book. Every business is a collection of five interdependent processes, each of which flows into the next. Number one, value creation, discovering what people want or need, then creating it. Number two, marketing, attracting attention and building demand for what you've created. Number three, sales, turning prospective customers into paying customers. Four, Value delivery. Giving your customers what you've promised and ensuring that they're satisfied. Five, Finance, bringing in enough money to keep going and make your effort worthwhile. So they are five essential parts of any successful business. If a business or a set of business owners or a solo entrepreneur is not able to consistently deliver against all five of those components, then that business will fail. Um, sooner or later it will, because if there's not enough money coming in, for example, you could keep that going, but it's a hobby. It's not a business. If you've got a great product, but no one knows about it, you're not going to make any sales. Therefore, you're not going to make any money. Therefore, you're not going to have anything to reinvest to make the whole thing better. So um, you can see the interplay between these five essential component parts, which I think Josh Kaufman highlights particularly well in The Personal MBA. And, as business owners and entrepreneurs, we have to ensure that all five of these balls are juggled simultaneously and in perfect harmony, and that is incredibly hard to do effectively um, better than the competition in a sustainable way day in day out, even to do it for for, for one day is incredibly difficult. Invariably, you're going to start dropping balls all over the place, burn out, run out of energy, be overtaken by competition and find yourself engaged in a futile enterprise. And I rather like to think of this as independent musicians on a concert hall stage. If left to their own devices, the audience will be subjected to the most ear-splitting racket. You imagine you've got um, uh, violins over here doing one thing, you've got double basses over there doing another thing, you've got no sense of cohesion to the whole thing. Everyone's just you know, scratching away and, and, and making a mess, basically, and there's no semblance of enjoyment to be had by the audience. <clears throat> If effectively conducted, however, such that they play in concert with one another, the audience will delight in the magic of a symphony, which has been perfectly arranged. And this is really getting to the heart of the matter now, which is that there is a temptation amongst amongst small business owners. There's this sort of entrepreneurial dream, um, David and Goliath situation where we champion people who undertake impossible challenges and glory in the notion that we come out the other side having conquered um, against the gravest of odds. Now that's a wonderful Hollywood fairy tale story but unfortunately the statistics really just don't back that up. I mean at least, what is it now, 9 in 10 um, businesses are going to fail. I think the numbers are, are far higher than that, especially if you're coming from a standing start. Of the do, of, of, of those small minority of businesses that do prevail and are still in existence 10, 15, 20 years later, they are massive, massive outliers. And in fact, do we even know whether there wasn't a team involved making that happen? I would say that one of the main reasons why those businesses in that small minority succeed where others fail is because whether immediately or in due course they did manage to build a team of people who were able to share complementary skill sets sets of value experience and bring it together in a a cohesive and collaborative manner that allowed not for let's say a 3x if you had three people involved but a 10x or more as a result of the accountability that comes from ideas being traded and scrutinized and by people focusing on their own area of expertise rather than to try juggling all these balls at the same time. And so as much as I am all for supporting entrepreneurs and small business owners, you know, they are the lifeblood of our great country and of many other developed uh, economies across the world. I, I I just, I cannot in all good conscience endorse the efforts of entrepreneurs who have chosen to engage themselves in a fight which they simply cannot win. So bringing this back to the title of this episode, um, build a team, stay in your own lane. Let's just touch on that for a moment. Let's focus really deeply on staying in your own lane. What are you good at what are you excellent at what have you invested 10000 hours in what is it just comes so naturally to you so effortlessly to you that you could speak to one of your friends they say oh i couldn't even imagine doing the accountancy for my business i couldn't even imagine going up on stage and delivering a keynote presentation to 500 people i couldn't imagine recording a podcast i couldn't imagine um, designing a, a an investment property. I couldn't imagine trading stocks and shares. There are just so many variables. There are so many balls to juggle. There are so many intru- instruments to play in order to make wonderful music um, in an orchestral setting. And in a business, it's exactly the same. And we as business owners, we consume books, we listen to podcasts, we Uh, pack ourselves full of energy to try to be this kind of Mary Poppins character who's capable of doing everything. And yes, whilst we might get some results, whilst we might get something off the ground in the very, very earliest days through a Herculean effort, and that is admirable, as quickly as possible, we need to put a team in place to give ourselves a realistic chance of scaling something up and building a uh, sustainable business. So whether we start thinking about that from day zero and actually form the business with the right people in place to try to get this going immediately from the start, or whether we get something off the ground, we give it a little bit of a heartbeat, of a flicker of a pulse, and then we bring a team to really breathe life into that thing, it absolutely should be at the forefront of our mind because it's of such critical importance. I've heard this said another way. Uh, it was a, in, in a book called Blitzscaling, I believe. I forget the author author of that one. Maybe Reid Hoffman was involved. But he talked about um, he talked about things in a military context where you're, you're invading a country and he talked about the marines being the people who would sort of storm the beaches, do the impossible first um, bit of work to get a foothold. Then the army would set about invading the country once the bridgeheads had been established. And then once the country had been successfully invaded, it would be the police that actually control the population. It's quite a barbaric example, isn't it? It's very colonial in nature. But it's something that came to mind from having read that book. It's stuck in my mind and it's basically saying, you know, you're not likely to be both a Marine, a soldier and a police um, man or woman all in the same person. The likelihood is one set of people would achieve the first thing, then they would hand the baton over to the second group of people who are qualified to do the second thing, and then in turn, they would hand that baton over to the third. And in the context of a business, you might be amazing at getting something off the ground from absolutely nothing. A visionary who has this idea, sees a problem that needs to be solved, burns the midnight oil, getting the first version of a product assembled and together, Um, But then taking that to market and scaling it is a whole different stratosphere of things that you need to think about. And why subject yourself to it? Because it's actually tremendously fun collaborating with other people and watching uh, the growth that results and the reduced effort that you need to put in in exchange for those far significantly improved Results. Um, if you're thinking about, you know, building teams and how you can do do that whole thing, if that intimidates you, I've got two book recommendations that I personally love that I've found very useful um, when 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 having to build teams in my various businesses. One is the Culture Code. Now, I'm afraid I don't remember the author of that book off the top of my head, but Google it. It's quite amazing. It was. Uh, you know, a groundbreaking book for me, very, very eye-opening, all all about, you know, as the name suggests, establishing a great culture. It speaks to the magic of childhood, of children at play, where they don't question anything, they just innovate, they just try new things without fear of judgment from their peers. And creating an environment of psychological safety um, can produce remarkable results uh, in a team setting amongst adults. Um, Then there's also a book called Extreme Ownership that I believe was written by a former Navy SEAL. Again, I'm afraid I don't remember the name of the author, but that talks about wanting to work with people who just solve problems. They don't complain about anything. They don't point fingers as to whose fault it was or whose responsibility it is to fix things. They have their eyes and ears everywhere all the time to immediately solve problems when they arise and take the initiative. And of course, in time, you might need to build out a team of people who are tasked with quite specific jobs and they're, they're there in exchange for a salary. They're not going to have the same sense of ownership necessarily that uh, founders would in a business, although you would want to try to create that sense of ownership and culture amongst the organization as it grows. But you definitely, when picking co-founders in a business and partners, Want to select people who are willing to take extreme ownership and be as invested into the success of the enterprise as you are that's very important, otherwise you know you've got resentments that may arise and you've got to think about the equity stakes that people are going to have and the various incentives and the risk reward ratios so there's stuff there. It's not simple uh, building a team, but it may well be futile trying to build a successful business that's going to last through the ages without doing so. Um, so, yes, coming back to this, there is simply no sense or honour, in my view, in attempting to juggle too many balls and in doing so, wasting months or years of your life in conjunction with countless thousands of pounds only to be confronted with failure and dejection, you know why subject yourself to that if you have to go it alone for a period of time, then I absolutely applaud you. If you have to dig deep at times, I applaud you if you have to be resourceful at times, I applaud you. but don't lock yourself into a path that precludes the building of a team and and, and the function of yourself as being an expert in a particular niche and staying in your lane. Now, I personally am privileged to have been part of some great uh, teams in my life. Indeed, I'm currently engaged with the most high-performance team which I've ever had the good fortune uh, to be part of. And And it's a joy, you know, but likewise... And I'm the first to admit this. So, so don't worry if you're listening and and you're thinking this is not something that you've got right yet. I am guilty of having wasted countless thousands and many years as a misguided lone ranger in the entrepreneurial wilderness. I've, I've absolutely got this wrong on, on many occasions uh, through my career. So if you find yourself in this barren wasteland, either now or in the future, I would simply encourage you to pause. Take stock of your situation and consider carefully whether you are engaged in a futile enterprise. Perhaps you've given your life and soul to get the heart. Um, of your organisation beating to establish a a, a pulse. But the reality is you're just not turning a profit. You're not seeing the sort of traction that you're hoping for. You're not getting the sort of results that you dream of. In turn, you're not able to attract investment because you don't have sufficient revenue either on a monthly or an annual basis. Um, They're asking you You know who's the team involved, and the fact that there isn't a team involved is giving them concern as to whether they want to invest with you. But then how do you build a team if you don't have the capital to do it? There's all sorts of these catch-22 situations that emerge, which, by the way, there's often creative solutions to. You can think in terms of partnering up with people, in terms of sharing equity, rather than having to pay salaries. You can come up with option schemes. You can te- speak to companies like, you know, there's a company called Seed Legals based in London who are experts in setting up early stage enterprises and allowing you to incentivize people uh, by in, in alternative ways to just the investment of capital and the paying of salaries. But effectively, it is far better to become an expert in a clearly defined niche And collaborate with one or more trusted individuals who bring complementary skills and experience to the table than it is to expend all your energy and resources producing noise rather than music. And I want to touch on this this notion of of, of trust. I think that that is paramount. If you're building a team, an early stage team of co-founders that are effectively going to form the board of a company and you have this shared endeavour, shared responsibility to to yourselves and to each other, I would say it's fundamentally important to establish a culture of uh, complete transparency and have an environment in which you really trust the other people that you're going into business with. And perhaps even more importantly, well, not more importantly, I don't know that anything's more important than trust and transparency, but you need to really respect the other people that you're going into business with as well. You need to look at their skill sets, at their experiences, at the value that they're bringing, and frankly marvel at it, because you know that you absolutely would not, under any uh, circumstances, be able to bring that same value to the table, even if you had 20 years to invest in building up that same knowledge and experience that they have. So once you get the right people together, At the right time, you will see a transformation in the way that your organization um, is run. You'll see a transformation in the trajectory that it's on. You'll see a transformation in the results that you're producing in exchange for a far reduced amount of energy. And it's not necessarily that you're putting less effort or energy in, it's just that suddenly you're able to focus it explicitly in your lane on the thing that you're good at, that you really enjoy doing, that you find to be effortless, and you're able to delegate all those other things that you're not good at, that you don't enjoy doing to people who are good at them, who do enjoy doing them, who do them very well, and thus we end up with music rather than noise. So with all this having been said, I would encourage you to take a step back. Set your blunt axe aside, fire up your power tools, 10x your return on energy, and let the good time roll. There, I quote from the last few uh, excerpts from that article that I wrote on this topic last night. I hope, as always, that you found some valuable insights in this episode, and I look forward very much to catching you on a future one. All the best. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I hope that you found it valuable. If you'd like to connect with me, there are a few ways you can do that. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on X. I have a personal blog at worldhaycom forward slash Charlie And if you want access to the free stacked platform that I created to manage and build your wealth, that's available at www.stacked.group.